You're listening to the Evolution Exchange NHS podcast. We shine a light on the topics that matter to digital and data leaders within the NHS. I am Caitlin Knox and I help connect digital leaders with interim talent in the NHS and I am your host. The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the official position or policy of their organisation. Big thank you all for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to talking about things at EPMA. Um, you all have so much going on in your respective trusts and it's great I've brought four people together um, from different parts of the UK to talk about um, EPMA. So um, I'm today's host, Caitlin, and to kick things off, I'd love to go around the room and do some introductions. So you can tell me your name, the trust and a little bit about your role there. So I'll start with you, Fadi. Come on ahead. Thank you, Kathleen. I'm uh, Dr. Fadi Saad. I uh, work currently um, at Oxford uh, Health NHS Foundation Trust, and uh, my current role is the System Integration Manager. My current challenges is for the integration is to integrate the um, EPMA solution with the rest of the clinical system within uh, Oxford Health. I come. Uh, uh, I have broadly experience within the digital transformation and digital health area in various digitalized um, uh, areas within the within the healthcare. Brilliant. Thanks very much. Over to you, Alex. Hi, um, I'm Alex Masaki. I work for Gloucestershire Hospitals Foundation Trusts. I'm currently employed as EPR pharmacy specialist. So I work with the EPR team and we are currently building our EPMA solution, um, which is looking to go live later this year. Um, my background, I am a pharmacy technician by background. I've worked for the NHS um, almost 25 years. It will be in September, so a long, long time. Um, and I transferred to NHS Digital back in 2016, where I worked um, as a DM plus D and SNOMED author. So that's kind of my, my route into informatics. Love it. Brilliant stuff. And Sharitra? Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Charitra Khan Sharma. You can also call me CK. Um, I am working with the Wrightington Wigan and Lee Hospital Trust in here in Northwest, and I'm associated with the organization for last uh, four years, nearly four years. And um, by training, I'm a pharmacist and um, I came to the UK in 2013. And this is when I was working on the vendor side uh, and uh, they deployed me here and I implemented uh, e-prescribing solution uh, to Fortress here in Northwest. And then I decided to join one of the trusts that I love the most. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yes. And Cheers. here I am. Here you are. I'm very glad that you're here as well. Cheers, CK. Same initials as me as well. Um, all right. Last but by no means least, Emily. Hi, uh, my name is Emily Gadd and I work for Dorset Healthcare at the moment. Um, I'm a project team manager in the IMNT project um, and programmes team that we have. I've been in this team uh, sort of working my way up from a, a project support officer um, uh, for the last approximately four years um, and my current projects that I'm overseeing as well as um, some additional ones that the rest of my team oversee are the Dorset Care Record project um, but also EPMA and we're actually in a slightly further state I think about EPMA because we went live with our first ward last month and we are going on our second ward on Monday so we're keeping oh. everything across that that's going to go smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah congratulations indeed <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> Loads going on. Um, brilliant stuff. All right, folks. Well, um, 
as Dr. Fadi has been here um, before, I would love to kick off the questions that I've asked you all to bring. So what we're going to do is, um, Fadi, you're going to read out your question and just share your insight and, and, and knowledge as to why you brought that today. And then we'll get the conversation started with uh, the rest of the panel. So I'll pass it over to you. Uh, sure. Thank you so much, Kathleen. Uh, my question is, uh, is EPMA is the single version of the truth for all medication in the trust? Why I've asked that question is because I've seen in some healthcare providers they have a variety of an, e an EPMA dedicated solution as well as EPMA as a module within clinical systems where both they have been used. And when I saw that kind of care settings that struck my mind, the well, what, where is the single version of the truth? If I wanted to know the full list of medication for a patient, where should I go? Is it the EPMA or the other system? And if the other system that is not one of the system that I have access to, then how can I get my hands on this information? And anything to do with medication that we're talking about uh, patient safety straight away. So, so, uh, 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 and I don't think in that particular care settings, you fully uh, 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 get the benefit of the true EPMA. So, so this kind of culture to me, it has to change and to, to make that change happen, then the digital strategy team or board has to take the initiative and then try to make the, the standard process for the prescription that followed across all the services, follow exactly the same process and go through the same um, 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 validation. So that only by then, I think you can make the best use of the EPMS solution. Otherwise, it's, it's not going to be uh, greatly adopted by various services within the trust. I don't know what the rest can feel about that. Thanks for that and really good question. So I guess I'm going to look to um, the three panel members who haven't spoken yet. Does anybody want to jump in and just um, share their opinion yes, on you're... what? You're absolutely right, uh, uh, Mr. Fahi. There, that um, it's it's a big challenge, uh, and since you are in the field of uh, integrating different system across and uh, having a one source of truth uh, in terms of medication uh, prescribing and the whole uh, medication management system, it's really challenging because. In, in different department across the hospital, we sometimes we use different systems. They work good for one department. For example, ICU, we use Philips or any other system. And uh, in the pediatrics, we, we use something else because we cannot use single catalog, which is using which we are using for the adults. We cannot use the same one for the, the, the kids uh, for a variety of reasons, um, reasons of the doses, reasons of other issues. So uh, you you you're pretty much there. That uh, it, it's really challenging to to have uh, one single version of truths in terms of the medication and uh, having a consolidated catalog to search for the medication that caters all variety of patients in the hospital and across. So um, I mean. Um, that rings me a bell about the standardizing the drug catalog, which is uh, quite a drive for the last few years. And um, uh, the the DM and D compliance that that's coming on board, that most of the hospital trusts should go for the DM and D compliance. But now the problem is um, we as um, a prescribing system, for example, we have a catalog which is uh, um, which is designed at the level of the virtual therapeutic moiety. Uh, that's that's from my experience that we are using here. Uh, 
But our dispensing system, which we are not talking to at the moment, we have plans though, and we are looking forward to it. Uh, that is pretty much at the VMP level, which is the product level. Uh, so marrying together these, these two systems is, is a big challenge. Also, the amendments that happened, uh, happened you know, in, the, uh, in the catalog um, and what we have in terms of our inventory in the hospital, what comes new, there's a huge maintenance task associated to that in order to uh, you know, make it a successful drive. If you talk about a specialty hospital, uh, I think it's it's pretty much, uh, I won't say it's straightforward, it's still very challenging, but then you can still map your prescribed and the dispensed drug because you know there is a small number of the drugs there. But if you talk about the big trust or multi-specialty or different sides across, it, it's really challenging. And this is what we are dealing with at the moment. So we have some plans to go ahead with the uh, DMND mapping system, but then because we use different systems across and uh, at the moment they are not talking to each other. So we have to look at the HL7. Uh, there is a new definition. I think it's FIHR or something uh, for the HL7. Yes, the fire. Yes, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah, fire, the fire. So all those options. But then in the uh, even before we get that, uh, I always think, are we are we there yet uh, at that point? Because we are still, uh, I mean, in a in a way, we 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 are getting challenges to to sort out uh, our insulins or our warfarins uh, or our sliding scales. That's that's and uh, and the fluids. Uh, to be honest, is, is one of the uh, one of the monster. But then, my my personal opinion, we we should. We should be aiming for the DMND compliance and making all the systems talk together, those efforts in parallel. But then I think we need to focus on, on the basics first and get them you know, uh, straightened out before we move forward to any, any more challenging stuff or having your system talk to other systems or maybe you know, a, a, a lot of, um, uh, a few of the trust have done uh, recently the TCAM, so the transfer of um, uh, patient care medication. Um, so this is where they, um, you know, send the discharge letters electronically to the community pharmacy. So the pharmacists do know that what changes have taken place with this patient and there's a reduction of the readmissions because of the XYZ reasons. So uh, even, I mean, that that's a sort of a, a simple approach for TCAM, but then we are talking when we are talking about uh, within the hospital and different systems, but they all work independently quite well. So sometimes from within the department, we sort of see a, a sort of reluctance to to uh, you know go for the new system that does the things differently, or or, or one catalog uh, system. So um, it is challenging. It's not impossible. But then my, mm -hmm. I, I think my 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 personal uh, opinion is is uh, to 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 get the 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 small things knocked out the way first, and then move on to the second ones. But then we should always have a plan in the head that we, for example, we are we are doing a good APMA here. Uh, we are doing good prescribing, good EMARs, uh, but then we are not yet talking to our pharmacy dispensing system. So that's what our plan is, and we are looking forward to it. But then the only um, uh, the only caveat is how to deal with the DMND compliance, 
because we have a way of working uh, which the clinicians have adopted uh, in the last six years since we moved into a new system. But now we are having to move them to a different way of working, which is going to be a little challenging. So it's 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 a challenge on the technical front, it's a challenge on the the process front, and it's a challenge on the political front at the same time. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, the the only good thing is that um, the the users the end users are quite familiar with the system. So it's not going to be like uh, something new is coming all together. So it's something that you're using, but there will be changes in the way they work right now. Um, yes. Brilliant. No, thank you. You spoke very well there, Shreetra. Thanks very much. Um, you're very Alex, welcome. Thank you. Alex, I'm going to look to you if you have anything to add on um, Ali's question. Um, yeah, I did the same as everybody else, I dare say, is that trying to make one system a single source of truth is very, very difficult. Um, as you say, there are specialist systems, chemo care, et cetera, which, you know, do what they do incredibly well. And it's very difficult to kind of replicate that in a system that copes with um, a wider scope of things. I think one of the things that we're trying to do is to have signposts on our core EPMA system so that although the drug may not actually be prescribed on that system and administered by that system, there will be um, a record of it. So um, there's no paperwork going missing. Nobody's kind of not knowing to look at another system when they need to. Um, and that's kind of how we're, we're doing that at the moment. I guess long term, it would be nice to have everything in one system, but mm -hmm. it seems a very long way off yet. <laughs> Yeah, no, ho hopefully not too far away, but I know what you mean. Um, all right, Emily, yourself, then, anything to bring to, to Fadi's question? Um, I hope something, at least. Um, <laughs> so, uh, going back to thinking about it being the single version of the truth, I think I completely agree. It's That would be the dream. Um, and it's certainly not uh, not going to happen at Dorset Healthcare or any other trust that I know of um, at the moment where it's across the board. Um, we're, we're hoping to sort of pick the bits and pieces out of it to make it eventually the single source of truth. So we're rolling out ours across inpatient wards first uh, before then going to and actually um, to what you were saying about it going um, going into your stock control system and your pharmacy team we've actually got that bit so I can go oh yes we've got a big tick on on that one because we do do <laughs> we do that already with that first um, so that was really good but um, good. in regards to the single version of the truth I'm, my aim is within the next 18 months when we've rolled it out to every single ward that we'll at least be able to have that for inpatients and then the trust will be able to look at the outpatient services and outpatients I think is where you get a huge amount of those differences that you've all been talking about. Um, some services have kept some sort of internal capability in the EPR systems, some are still using FP10 forms, some are using all sorts of things in between. So <laughs> there's um, there's all sorts of bits and pieces there but I think we just we have to remember what our goal is when we're going for it that we're making mm -hmm. it a safe patient experience and that's obviously through medication um, and that that charting experience all the benefits that we've got going for it you know reduction of of um, meds errors and those transcription things by any sort of EPMA just negates those immediately it's it's your quickest benefit and your quickest win isn't it for your uh, for that but also it helps 
be very direct about the single version of the truth um, and certainly sending that on through to other wards and then through to the GPs after you've been discharged. I think if we can at least achieve that in our trust, that would be a really big win and, and across the country, really. Um, mm -hmm. That's what we'd be looking for. And I just hope that that one day with this intervention, with the ability for it, it would be amazing to be able to uh, enable it from one trust to the next. So I know in Dorset we have um, the acute hospitals are using versions of EPMA, the same product as ours, uh, but we need to just join them all up eventually. So that would be, you know, if we can join them up in each county and then across the country, that would be the dream, wouldn't it? Someone moves, uh, moves, yeah. moves you would have that traceability, yeah. um, all of that. That would that would be absolutely fantastic. So um, yeah, so there's that side of it. And I think particularly our trust is a, a physical health, but also a mental health trust and I think there's an awful lot of complex uh, complications within mental health drugs. Um, I'm not a clinician, I do not understand them all myself and I won't pretend to, we have subject matter experts for that very purpose, um, <laughs> but I think there's an awful lot in there and something that we're learning as we're deploying is we, you were talking a lot about codes and, and getting those codes set up in the background and there was an awful lot of work done um, in the background for that and there was, there was the latest piece of work, so I think there was something with the DMD codes and then there was something with GTIN codes which are yet another thing and there was just this massive list and it needed going through through manually going through this enormous thousands and thousands of medications to do it. It just seems crazy. I mean, surely if every trust across the country is trying to implement something and we're all manually having to go through this, it just mm -hmm. seems crazy that that even is in existence to me, um, that that's a possibility. But um, yeah, and that something else that popped into my head was thinking about protocols within EPMA as well. This is something that we've learned. We thought we sort of had in our minds this all set up beforehand and um, before going yep. live and we this is why we did a soft go live on one ward and it was a fairly small ward to be able to do it and it turns out that some of our protocols weren't uh, weren't set up correctly or we didn't know that they needed to be set up on what protocols they'd be and that's it's all part of the learning experience isn't it but I think that's a huge yeah. benefit in EPMA that we can set up these protocols. Yeah, absolutely. If you touch a very critical point where the drug configuration where thousands have to be added to, to suit the need for the hospital. Protocols always present a real challenge, not only for technical uh, people, but also for the staff to set up that protocols in the first place. And they, I, I don't think that any trust they managed to do the protocol 100% accurately before they, they start using it. So that's reassuring. It's always, that's always <laughs> a real challenge, yeah. yeah. Very true. Brilliant stuff. Well, Fadi, thanks for bringing that question. It's, it's sparked a lot of conversation, clearly, which is brilliant. But before we move on from this question, is there anybody else who wants to bring anything else to it before we go to Alex? Or how are you thrilling? Nope, all good. All right, Alex, if you could read your question, please, and um, shine a light on why you brought it today. Yes, yeah, so my question is, how do people see NHS Digital's um, DAP B4013 information standards? which is the medicines and allergy intolerance data transfer standard um, impacting their work and have you had to make any changes to incorporate this? So obviously from my perspective, I was a DM plus D author. Um, I'm very sort of super hot on ensuring that, you know, we, we adhere to the standards. Um, everything is DM plus D coded. We are also integrating with our stock control system. So we've had to um, build a catalogue that's compatible and we have tried to keep as much of it 
dose-based as possible. Um, there are some issues around that because, for example, there is no sort of good way of coding modified release tablets without having it at VMP level with the strength. Um, so we're kind of looking at ways to sort of enable us to do that, but also to retain the flexibility for the, the prescribing side of things. Um, I do talk to a lot of other people from other trusts who have got EPMA systems already installed. They might have had them for years. Um, and these, this information standard has kind of, I think, run it run a shiver down the spine of a lot of people because they're not DM plus D compliant um, and it's due to be mandated I think from March next year which is quite soon um, so just wondering how everybody's kind of dealing with that. All right no good question Um, let's start with the treat go ahead because see you smiling. Well yes Alex uh, <laughs> I've, I've already shared my feeling about it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's a big challenge since it's coming next year in in March, and we have to be prepared for that. Uh, so again, I think we we've got a small plan to to do with the with the regular medication, other than the IVs and the complex medications, and mm -hmm. map our uh, drug catalog with the DMND. Uh, wherever possible at the at the VMP level and the VTM also uh, considering considering the fact that we also need to be making it to talk to um, the EMAs that the system that we use for dispensing so we need to ensure that those those catalog items are the same as our prescribing systems so yes that that's sort of a thing that we have you know and the other thing is we we need to go in an order because once we do the demand and the compliance for the dispensing we also have the another big one coming up which is the knowledge-based um, medication management system uh with mm -hmm. the with the wristband you know the five p's of uh, five rights to give the medication uh, in terms of reducing the the administration errors, so that's 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 the next one mm -hmm. to go with, and it is only possible when we have our drug catalog sorted. If not, then it's 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 just a dream. Yeah, yeah <laughs> agree. So, so um, yeah, our our focus is to straighten out our um, uh, drug catalog and the prescribing catalog and uh, marry it up with the the dispensing catalog because the KDMA will be ultimately based upon uh, this. Um, Brilliant. Um, Cheers. Technical oh, sorry. configuration. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I think I'm my bad there. <laughs> sorry. Are you finished there, Trichra? Um Yes, sort of. <laughs> Sorry, no, honestly, the floor yeah, is yeah. yours, my love. I'll jump in. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in again. <laughs> All right, no worries. Well, Emily, I'd love to come to you next. Uh, yeah, that's absolutely fine. Alex, I uh, pondered on your question and I did, uh, I will admit to having a little Google to remind myself exactly what it meant, but I realised that I did understand in the background about it, but I didn't know it was called all those letters and numbers. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be very bluntly honest about it. I'm not a technical person either. Um, but the, the actual standards that are there that they're asking us to put in place i mean they're obviously going to be an improvement getting there there are so many challenges um that there are a lot of 
current limitations for change and the, the fire standards that we were talking about. Uh, I mean, they they seem to be this sort of wondrous miracle that that we've been hoping for for all sorts of things. But at the moment, some of the newer systems that are coming in are able to have fire standards, and the old systems aren't capable of ingesting them. So actually, we're not getting that um, that sort of ingestion in from one system to another. Um, we've looked at all sorts of things, internal transformation for things, and we still can't uh, send our medication and allergy information from our new EPMA system into our EPRs. There has to be a manual process of typing those because it's not possible unless you scan um, scan a paper copy, which just seems bonkers, really. Uh, we can send them out to the GPs via the mesh system, um, but it's not structured data. Again, it's a record attachment, so that doesn't help. Um, there's also uh, snow med codes to to look at as well, um, and they there are a lot of codes that are not current, and some of the codes can't be ingested by those systems either. So that's not really a, a very easy solution. Uh, we've thought yeah. about all these different uh, different options, and it just seems that whilst it's uh, they can put in a standard that's coming next year, which seems really soon, that we're none of our none of our systems are capable of actually using those at the moment. Um, and as I say, there's that duplication of, of manual input required by staff as well which is very tricky. I think we need um, suppliers to work a lot faster and more collaboratively and instead of being siloed and looking at their product yeah. as a competitive product with other things you know we've got different ones that won't work because they're like well you could use our version of EPMA instead of using that version so we're not going to do that that's that's a bit of a problem and I think if we had a national blocker on that um, that comes alongside these standards then that would actually really help help with that information transferability um, and yeah I definitely don't see it being a, a fast implementation um, and one of the other things that you were, you were talking about the modified release drugs as well which is a, a separate um, sort of conversation I suppose in a way but uh, I was um, having a conversation recently about trialing not for modified release drugs but the titration of drugs and those ones that get reduced or or increased on a daily or by daily basis and I think there's an awful lot of work that that could be done and shared across trusts about that um, and those sorts of protocols that that can happen alongside these these codes and standards on on top of that I think it's all layered mm -hmm. on top of each other in some ways and that we yes. have that working yeah very very multifaceted this it really <laughs> this is <laughs> brilliant stuff um and Fally then yourself anything to add uh, uh, yes, the only thing which I, I want to add is, although this standard is, is, is excellent in, in terms of setting the standard that, that make the uh, EPMA more uh, interoperable by other systems, but also as uh, Alex and Emily mentioned, that change has to happen from other systems that are constantly into, uh, integrating and uh, uh, interoperating with the EPMA, like pharmacy system, uh, a stock control system, they are all have to, to meet this standard for that seamless integration between the two, and then they kind of speak the same language. Uh, it, it, I fully agree with Emily that we need suppliers though that are, can react quickly to these national initiatives so that we can make the benefit of this integration uh, sooner rather than later. So yes, it's not impacting only EPMA, but all the systems that in, uh, operate with or integrate with EPMA. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think um, I, I do hope that it is the push, the driver for a lot of system suppliers to work on this um, and to get it get it up and running. Um, and I think it's certainly encouraged 
people from various trusts to talk to one another and to share solutions. You know, we're all kind of in the same boat now. So perhaps it will take us a little while to get there, but I guess it's good that we do have this driver to do it now. Thank you. Yeah. You're right. We'll need support from, um, from the vendor side because we have a common objective right now. It's not mm -hmm. that we have different workflows and we are trying to sort them out. It's one objective. So they should all come together and, you know, um, uh, help and support um, the trust with their systems. Definitely. And folks, I'll just jump in here and say myself, like that's why we love to provide this platform for people like yourself, just to, you know, share these challenges and, and insights. And, you know, it's, I have no doubt that when we end up recording this and publishing it, that we'll all share it and get, get the word out there. And it's like, it's might be a small step, but it's still a step, you know, nonetheless. So it feels really good for me already to like, this is really kind of going well, the conversation. So um, thanks for bringing that question, Alex, absolute legend. Let's move on to um, Sharitra, if you could read your question, please. Well, yes, my, my question was uh, about, I think we, we have already discussed a lot of um, around it. Uh, it it's uh, to do with the KBMA, that the closed loop uh, medication administration systems. And um, um, my, my question was, again, uh, are we there yet? Because we are still uh, at, the, at the stage of sorting out our, our drug dictionary. Uh, and and it seems like there is a there is a long way to get to a point where we can say yes we can we are now ready for the closed loop medication system but um, um, yes so uh, I, I I do not think that we are ready yet <laughs> but there are there are trusts that they are using uh, the KBMA uh, some some specialty hospitals uh, maybe some hospitals down south uh, in England. Uh, I'm not too sure because it's it's uh, it's uh, uh, quite new. I would say it's not a, a, a very old way of uh, handling medication management. So in the last couple of years, uh, people have started it. But I, I my assumption is it's mostly the, the the specialty hospitals who are doing it. Uh, if I'm not too wrong, uh, but when it comes down to the multi-specialty or uh, you know multi-sites. Uh, it's it's really challenging, and um, uh, it, um, I I I I do not think that uh, I mean there's always a pressure because I met a trust uh, a couple of weeks ago and they are doing the KBMA, and they did it all um, under the tight timelines. They they succeeded in a certain extent, and they're still working on it, uh, but then. Because again, they their catalog was like 1,800 odd drugs. So for them to map it to their dispensing system, all they had to do is just double the number of the medications that they made all of them VMP level, so the the, the dispense product level. Uh, but then they have still left their, their complex drugs uh, behind and they say we'll sort it out later. Let's start with the orals and topicals and the regular medications. So uh, my thing is uh, before we even go to that uh, stage, we should ponder over, you know, making the, the, the prerequisite uh, in, in line uh, before going uh, for a closed loop. Um, system. So does anyone 
have an experience uh, with the closed loop medication system or anyone has done that at their respective trust if uh, they can share alex come to you um so i don't have experience of it firsthand it is something that is on our digital roadmap um further down the line so we are definitely kind of building with that in mind but this i i think also kind of goes back to the mapping of the drug catalogue um, and the issues you can face around that. For example, with mapping at VMP level, if you've got somebody who, um, let's say they're on an oral suspension and they're prescribed 125 milligram in five mil and the strength that's kept on the ward is 250 milligram in five mm. mil, it's going to create a mismatch. So do you give the ability yes. to override that or does that kind of not you know if, if you give the ability to override it how many people are going to override things um that they think is correct but that actually the system should be flagging up so it, it's one of those it, it kind of ties into the mapping of the drug catalog quite closely um and how you manage that um i think as well we kind of moved towards barcode scanning quite well when we had the falsified medicines directive um, obviously, when when Brexit happened and we we left um, the EU, we've kind of that's just disappeared now, hasn't it? The falsified medicines directive, um, which is a shame because there are so many items that can't be scanned. So, for example, um, IV bags, um, you know, you've got a barcode on the box and not on the individual bag. Um, and I think FMD was was looking forward to push that a little bit more and now that seems to have just fallen by the wayside so yeah it's definitely something that's really challenging um and again just it's just trying to to figure it out trying to think about it in advance before it actually comes yeah. in and also it's not just the deploying the system uh it's the um um you know the the maintenance afterwards that's, that's yes. even challenging yeah, especially if you're working with different systems, because if you've got, exactly. like you say, an EPMA system and then a stock control system, you've got um, updates coming from DM plus D, and then you need to know which system it's going into first so that you yes. can match it with the other one, because there's that time gap when things aren't yeah, going to match. You, you need dedicated resources to, to do that on a daily basis. Yes. Yeah, it's not just a yeah. employ employ somebody to implement EPMA and that's it. The job's done. It is an ongoing task. Yeah, thank you so much, Alex. Um, oh, brilliant stuff. Um, Fadi, yourself then. Uh, yeah, that's very interesting um, um, uh, topic, uh, really, Chatrit. And um, uh, we, in Oxford Health, we feel a, a little bit uh, uh, lucky because we got that willingness from our EPMS supplier as well as the pharmacy supplier. They've done a lot of work with our uh, um, uh, pharmacist uh, um, uh, expert in this area. They've got countless of meetings to uh, reconcile the drugs together, the DMD, DMD, and medication requests coming from EPMA to the pharmacy system and dispensing messaging, all the information, all the standard um, uh, uh, elements associated with the prescribing, dispensing, and administering the drug is all thought about it. So we, we, we are, we are. I would say that we spent considerable amount of time in the preparation for that. That's why now when we 
went to the implementation side of things, where very like those suppliers, they found all the information that is already agreed on and very little ad hoc kind of questions. Uh, uh, and all these ad hoc questions related to exceptional cases, like for example, drugs that um, uh, administered uh, more than uh, different doses in the same day, for example, 30, uh, 100 milligram in the morning, 250 milligram in the evening, those kind of exceptions, which you expect in this um, a, a project with the EPMA size, that all those uh, exception always uh, is a is a challenge. Brilliant, thank you. And Emily, yourself, if you've got anything to add to treat your question. Yeah, I um, certainly don't know enough about it. We're not implementing it, so I haven't really looked into it, but I can see that it would be much more challenging for anywhere with multi-sites. If you were one acute hospital, for example, looking to implement it, that might be a simpler solution. But if you're looking at, you know, most trusts now have multiple sites of, of hospitals, be them acute or, or um, mental health or rehab hospitals and, and that the sort that, that we have as well. But um, I think the ability within a lot of the EPMA systems is there for the functionality to be able to do it. But as as highly mentioned by all of you about the, the codes in the background and about the feasibility and then about the drugs themselves coming in without the barcodes on, there's just so many aspects there that, um, that are making it very difficult and so many, just all these challenges. It's certainly not a position that we're looking at in our current EPMA project. Um, I think it's on the roadmap for well in the future, but listening to all of these it just reiterates exactly the things that I've heard people mention before. It's such a challenge. You'd think it would be simple. It's a barcode scanner. They managed to use it in the supermarket um, <laughs> and they managed to order their stock. That seems very simple, but it isn't certainly in the case with uh, with drugs. We need to get our five rights here. <laughs> right patient, right medication, right time, right dose, right quantity. Yeah. And then for it to be able to come out of your stock system as well. Exactly. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Well, Tricia, before we move on from, from your questions, is there anything else, anything else you want to add before we move on to Emily's question? Uh, well, I think um, I'll thank you all for 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 discussing this um, and uh, sharing your opinions about uh, this this uh, KBMA change. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate that. Oh, very sweet. <laughs> all right, Emily, let's let's go over to you for the last question of today. Thank you. Um, so I was wondering about how leaders in digital transformation can make the requisite changes to implement EPMA successfully on the ground. Um, and when I was thinking about this, I was, I was thinking there's a very definite divide in in every trust that I've seen, even if I've not been working there, we work across multi-partners all the time. And there, there are the business leaders, there are trust decisions for very, very good decisions for very good systems. And then there's the convincing that needs to be done further down the line for um, for new project products, projects, processes, things that are actually going to be implemented on the wards and implemented by the staff that are working on the wards. And sometimes there's quite a big um, divide between that. They're not always included um, or don't feel that they've been included, even if a subset of people have been. So I was thinking about the mindset of that and how leaders might be able to make any changes in order to be able to do that. Um, 
with EPMA, the, the product itself has given us quite a lot of quick wins and benefits that you you can actually um, sell to your staff, as it were, and uh, that are genuinely going to help them and quickly, uh, which I think is a really key point because a lot of processes don't help quit in the short run in that quick quick time frame. So that's good. And we've got a really solid um, board that have made decisions, again, really solid and good decisions, but actually finding the time to change those processes and implement changes on the ward when those wards are so stretched the the staff I mean even pre-COVID there's always been staffing problems across the NHS and now that COVID's in the mix and um, obviously you have the restrictions on wards but also st more staff being off sick due to it and um, due to restrictions that are still in the NHS which they, they aren't out in the general public uh, people are allowed to go out and about if they've got COVID now if that's what they so wish from the government but actually in the NHS we cannot do that you cannot go to work if you are a clinical member of staff you still have the same restrictions as everyone else had in lockdown and I think that's something that's not well known so we we are trying to push something on people which we can see all the benefits and how it's going to help them but actually this really stretched service of of desperate staff that are trying frantically to staff those wards care clinically for those patients um, and are already sort of at their wits end having had had a two year, um, so two and a half year now, really hard push and everyone's exhausted. Trying to put those changes now on them can be really difficult. So I'd really like to hear anyone else's experience of, of that and about the changes between um, sort of management decisions and then lower down if you've got them, please. Mm -hmm. All right, I'll come to you, Alex, first. Um, well, we haven't gone live yet, so we haven't had to uh, to go through that. So that's really interesting to hear that um, we have had other parts of the EPR that we've rolled out, but they've sort of been quite, you know, not not such a major impact as EPMA. It hasn't kind of impacted everybody. Um, the one thing that I hear a lot of from people who have implemented is to remember that although it's always, I guess, it's always sort of positioned as being a pharmacy project but actually the main users of EPMA are the nursing staff the prescribers probably and then the pharmacy staff so um, I think it's really important to engage with those end users um, and to involve them in discussions make sure that they're happy with the way things are looking the way things are working that it's not going to hinder them too much I think it's it's unfortunate that with any change really of this sort of size, um, it will have some impact on the time it takes them to do their ward round whilst they're getting used to it. Um, one of the things that I've always fallen back on when whenever I've I've been floor walking um, at the launch of anything, and that there are always people who don't sort of gel with technology um, when it's kind of thrust upon them. Um, but that is, I, I've often said, you know, do, do you have an iPhone? Do you have a Samsung phone? Um, when you first got it, did you know how to use it? You know, now do you do your banking on it? Do you do shopping on it? And, you know, so, so you can do it with that in your everyday life. You will get used to this. It is just that kind of initial um, pain at the beginning, I guess. Um, we do have a lot of floor walkers out whenever we launch um, any part of our EPR. So we've always got people who are available 24 hours a day, um, wandering around and helping people, those who need it. We do have digital champions 
um, who we train up beforehand as well. Um, but yeah, I think just really involving end users is a game changer. And nobody likes to have something placed upon them. They want to be to have a stake in it. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. Thanks very much. And again, Emily, brilliant question. Forgot to even acknowledge, like, say that to you before. Um, Tritra, any anything in your end? Any advice or experiences that you've had in this nature? Yeah. Uh, just like um, Alex has said, I mean, we should be focusing on more um, on the benefits that it's bringing and communicating that appropriately to the, uh, you know, the, the, the parties involved. And sometimes I, I know there are there are reluctance to even get involved because they for them, it's like a new change, a new thing. Don't, they're not interested or they're happy the way they are doing their business. Um, so we literally have to drag people in. <laughs> so and this is how I know, because I have worked in the vendor side as well. So it was really challenging for us to sometimes. But then uh, talking about the trust, we have been really lucky because all my team members, are uh, they have either semi or clinical experience and they had been uh, with the, the trust at some, you know, um, my, my manager is a, is a pharmacist, is anti-coag pharmacist. He's a top pharmacist in the hospital. And then uh, we've got a uh, the ICU nurse who who handles all the nursing documentations side of it. So we have representatives from all the sides, from A and E as well. So that that's a very plus point for us to 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 make things you know easy and and successful in the end. Once you have the right people from the right team in your team of you know transformation, digital transformation, it becomes really really easy for us. And um, uh, you know, you can take it forward uh, without any 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 unnecessary hassles. Uh, there are still challenges, but then because you have their faces in within your team, it becomes slightly easier for you to communicate the benefits and um, looking at their pain areas, of what, what what problems they have, and then trying to sort it sort it out. And also, they have a sort of good rapport building because they know each other from before. Mm -hmm. So that that's the kind of good thing that we have in our team here, but that's no one gets that lucky everywhere. <laughs> so you get <laughs> different people, <laughs> different places. Uh, but yes, I think in the beginning of the project, it's and it's the job of the project managers and the higher you know uh, authorities um, in the hospital who they select uh, to become. Uh, a representative of, of, of a department uh, to um, liaise with the technical department uh, for the deployment. I think that's that's a key thing. Brilliant. Thanks very much. And um, Fadi, then yourself, anything to bring? Uh, yes. Um, uh, uh, well, this is a very interesting question, Emily, and definitely implementing EPMA is not as easy as plug and play. That's something you put it yes. and everybody assumes that's going to work and that's everything going to be fine. There's a lot of uh, a lot of um, 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 uh, processes and commitment from from the senior management to put whatever necessary need to succeed, uh, and and also the way the service delivered, the way the clinician interact with the clinical system to make sure the data in the clinical system that is already captured uh, before it's shared with the EPMA and uh, infrastructure for cybersecurity. We're always challenged, have more and more, the more system you have, the more cybersecurity challenges you face. So it's a whole package of, 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 of changes. It's not the culture. And, 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 and the question at the end is, 
Is it worth going through all these changes? Definitely the question, definitely how it comes, the end goal is definitely worth going through all these processes because it is digital transformation project and definitely hospitals after the EPMA, they're not going to be exactly the same before the EPMA. Brilliant, well said. Emily, I hope that was helpful to you. If you've got any other thoughts after what after everyone's spoken. Yeah, it was. It's really helpful to hear everyone else's um, opinions, and I suppose um, some of the things that we have done. And uh, going, yeah, we've we've done that. That's good. Um, <laughs> you know, we've got the floor walkers on the ground, and we've got we've got these bits and pieces. It's just interesting to hear that aspect from other people. And I think that the big thing for me is it's quite easy to look at how to deploy an award and how to how to change those things and to look once you're in the project team it's those big decisions that are made first and then that transition from there to the project team and then on to the wards so that's that's where I think sometimes things can get lost in translation possibly or um, in some of the goals that are set and and then going down onto the wards so it's really interesting to hear your input thank you very much everybody Oh, brilliant stuff. Well, listen, that's um, everyone's questions we've we've went through today. Um, I think it's been a brilliant discussion. Hope you guys feel the same. And just what you said earlier, Treacher, I think what we'll, we, we could do maybe in a few months time is have an EPMA, are we there yet episode? You know, big big question mark to see what we're all at. But um, no, honestly, it's, thanks for, for giving me your time. I know how busy you are and you are all at different points in your go lives, etc. So I hope you guys also reach out to each other and you know, um, make some new friendships here too. Um, so yeah, I just, I just also want to say that I think with people like yourselves on these projects, I hope I've no doubt that we're going to see the end goal sooner rather than later because it's that's one thing I love about working within the NHS is is the passion that you guys have. So thanks very much for for coming on, um, and I hope you guys have taken a lot from this, and I've definitely learned a lot myself. So thank you for educating me as well. All right, folks. Thank you. Thank you, Kathleen. And thank, thank you, so you much, everyone. Kathleen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Lovely to meet everyone. Yeah. All right. You. All the best. Thank See you. ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.